You're listening to the Gender Reveal Party Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Pryor. This isn't your usual gender reveal party. There will be no baby sex parts. This is the real reveal, where we reveal gender through stories of brave humans willing to share their lived experience. Enjoy the listening. I sure enjoy making it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gender Reveal Party. I'm Jay Pryor, your host. This week has been a really fun interview for me. Again, it's another one of my best friends. I really do have a lot of friends, and I'm so grateful. This week, we're talking to Elliot Spielman, and it's non-binary week at the Gender Reveal Party. So Elliot identifies as a non-binary human like I do, and I met Elliot, gosh, about 10 years ago. And as soon as I met Elliot, again, we were pretty close to instant friends. Um, We started out watching basketball together and hanging out. And then it turns out we both have uh, adopted kids out of foster care and we both um, just have a lot in common. And they have been a huge support to me uh, with my kid with special needs and uh, somebody who really gets me. So I just appreciate their friendship to no end. And I'm really grateful to introduce you to this extraordinary human being. And that's really all I need to say. I had a great time talking to them and I think that you will too. So uh, it's my joy and pleasure to introduce you to Elliot Spielman. Welcome back to the Gender Reveal Party. It is non-binary day at the Gender Reveal Party. And I am delighted to have with me one of my best friends. And this is Elliot Spielman. Welcome to the Gender Reveal Party, Elliot. Thank you, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's delight. It's it's so awesome. I just get to talk to my friends. <laughs> I know it's not a bad deal. Huh? No, not a bad deal. We were just watching uh, the Jayhawks play basketball last night. We won our opening game. We look good, right? I was gonna say they looked pretty good. Oh, yeah. they look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Elliot, you identify as a non-binary human like me, um, and I'm gonna let you tell that story because everybody's story is different. So, yeah, sure. Mike. Well, so like. Jay said, my name's Elliot. And I first started coming out of the closet when I was 18. It was a process. Um, I come from a long line of very religious people. So it was not, you know, a uh, easy thing to do. It was also a different generation. I always try to keep that in mind. I was 18 in 1993. So, you know, things have changed a little bit, but through my life, I've just started to realize like I just didn't fit either gender role um I knew I wasn't trans like fully trans you know I knew I wasn't all lady (laughs) that's never been in question (laughs) um and so you know a lot of it has just been me learning like the language even you know to put around it and honestly Jay meeting you was a big step in that i Feel like you've taught me so much about like who a person can be if that makes sense even yeah. though they come from a uh, very religious background and then I officially came out as non-binary I'm trying to think it's probably about eight nine years ago now because well I've been going by Elliot for probably eight years when you officially changed your name when you got married, right? And that was six years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and my birth name was Tiffany. And it wasn't that I was, I have no shame in that name whatsoever. Uh, my mother gave it to me and I love my mother very much. 
it just did not fit. Right. Um, my whole life, I've had people when they meet me laugh and say, <laughs> you are not what I was expecting. You know? no, you're <laughs> not. And for me, even, you know, when we first met and I was introduced to you as Tiffany, like I've had this happen a couple of times where when I meet another person who resonates with me as the, on the butch side, right? On the, on the not right. lady. <laughs> right. It's what it is. Not <laughs> I am not a lady. I'm not a lady. Um, no. if, if I, when I meet somebody like that, especially that's queer, I have, we have an automatic like resonance. And I've been trying to explain that to people like, you know, when a butch meets a butch or we, you know, we, we meet each other as non-binary, we're like, oh, hey, you're me. Right. And so mm -hmm. I meet you and then I find out your name's Tiffany, Tiffany and it's hard for me to even get out of my mouth. <laughs> I can't even call you that. Even back then, right? <laughs> yes. As soon as I met, and instantaneously, as soon as I met you, I was like, Tiff. I can do Tiff, I guess. <laughs> a lot so of I'm people really call me grateful Tiff. when you change your name to Elliot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Elliot definitely really felt worked. better. Everybody felt better. <laughs> I think it just, uh, it was actually a pretty natural progression. Yeah. Uh, with most of my friends, just because it felt more natural. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, I mean, that's, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I want you to go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, that's basically my story. It's, you know, we could sit here for four hours and go through my whole story. <laughs> right. But, yeah, just like I said, my whole life I knew I just never really fit either of those. And then I realized non-binary was a thing, you know. And right. I was like, oh, there it is. Right. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I talk about this a lot where I give a lot of credit to the younger generation for creating that space because we didn't have it. Like we were just oh, carving out a space as gay and lesbian, right? And that's all you could be. Was gay and then very binary trans, right? I was just talking to this with a friend of mine last night about in the trans world, there are those people and where they've been on the show, you know, that we're, we're having them on the show to make sure everybody under, is covered. <laughs> but there are people who transition and then they're binary. I mean, they are like the opposite gender, right? Oh, so I know we, some. Right. And when we first came out, it was like, first it was gay and lesbian, then bisexuals had right. to carve their way in there. And the transgender community started carving. But when I came out, the trans community was very binary. It was like, you're going to be a man or you're going to be a woman. And there was nothing in between. And, and there was a, and so I was like an anomaly that there was only one other person I knew that was like me that went on testosterone, but didn't identify as a man. Right. Right. So, yeah. So now we have up. fluidity that's happening. That's really beautiful. Gosh, it's changed so much. I work with some queer kids and they are just constantly teaching me language and I love it. I mean, yeah, because I know I still, queer or not, I have stuff to learn. Right. You know, I'm a different generation queer than right. say the 13, 14 year olds, right. you know. Right. And you're one of my favorite, I mean, you're always just in general, one of my favorite humans because I love you and um, you're delightful. <laughs> And funny, uh, but also one of the things that you and I resonate a lot with is we both love being queer. Yes. Yeah. It's, so you want it's who I am. That? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you want to say more about that? We're grateful we're not straight. <laughs> I mean, I really am. Like, so grateful. I just, I feel like I can bring something to the table for people 
that they might not otherwise have. And I do try to come very much with open arms um, and full understanding, even if I don't understand it, just because I love being queer. <laughs> and we love everything would, about it. <laughs> right. I mean, I love the language. I love the rapport I've built with people. I love the going to queer parties and just being myself. Like, yeah. Yeah. and then some yeah. you know yeah yeah I just wouldn't yeah. have it any other way and it took me a long time to get to that point too that's not something I woke up with <laughs> <laughs> yeah none of us really woke up with that not just one morning like oh yeah no it's been a long journey of self-discovery and just being okay with the fact that I don't have to identify either way right. I don't have to right yeah. and I think that part of, for me, part of the love of being queer and the passion around being out, there's a couple of reasons. One, I do it for the young kids because I don't ever want a kid to have to deal with what I went through. But two, it's just such an authentic expression of who I am. That's like, I can hide my, like, I would have to be hiding my light under a bushel if I didn't, right. if I wasn't an out queer. Like, it's just so much of who I am. And yeah. I thought so, I mean, I was, you know, even though I was only 18 when I came out, the level of suicidal ideation and hatred that I felt towards myself like really had me down, down, down in a dark hole and getting to that place where I was like, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I had so convinced myself there was something wrong with me. When I finally got clear for myself, there was nothing wrong with me. It was like popping out of a cake, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that ever again. Right. I mean, granted i'm human so of course there's all the negative self-talk that i can dive into but the but the core of me of the hatred of myself as queer once i got past that it was like freedom for me too there was a phase where i was like why can't i just be freaking normal like whatever normal is right Right. i've given up that word a long time ago but i mean why can't i just be like everybody else that's around me you know but now i'm still grateful i'm not i'm so yeah, I know. I love, and, and I'm with you. One of the reasons I live so out, I mean, besides the fact that I'm in a marriage that I don't want to hide, Thank but you. also for the kids so much, because there are lots of kids that still have to live in the closet. And I just want them to see us safe, accepting, even if we never speak, they see me. I know they see me. Right. Yeah. Hard to- <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh God, there comes those queers, right? <laughs> yeah, and I agree. Just And I've had that happen where other kids have been like, wow, as a trans person, I didn't even know I could have a wife and kids and a life and you know all that stuff because they don't get to see themselves on the, on the world, right? right? It's, not, it's not a common place to see them, no. Yeah. yeah. Which just separates more. Um, again, why you and I live out and authentic is so we can at least kids know there's a space when they yeah yeah so speaking of kids um we both adopted our children through the foster care system we both have trans kids (laughs) that is true and your child's story um is a little intense um but part of your child's story is being bumped from foster home to foster home to foster home because the child was exhibiting behavior of a transgender child it was a huge piece of it yes huge piece of it 
I believe there were 48 placements in nine years. So 48. If I want to, I want our audience say that again. 48 placements in nine years. So 48 different families, 48 different homes for this child in nine years. Nine years. Yep. Some were overnight, some were a little bit longer, but nothing. I mean, our home was the longest for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And all because the child put on girls' clothes. It was a huge piece of it. Absolutely. I mean, yes, my child has behaviors, but who wouldn't coming out of foster care like that? But that was a huge piece of it. It was that we can't raise a homo. Um, and I, that's the words that we use. And that's why I use that word. I'm a proud homo again. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But We're proud homos. <laughs> that's right. I'm homo all day. But yeah. when you're a child right. being called a homo and the F word and just for being, and the thing is you've met my child multiple times. This is who my kid is. Like the child is my nibbling. <laughs> right. I feel about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's no holding back either of our children. This is who they were going to be. And either you step in and you accept it or you don't and you lose that relationship. And I mean, obviously I've been very accepting of my kiddo. Yeah. And you guys have been through a lot of stuff with that kiddo. And, you know, the, I remember the day that you found that child on the Kansas. I'm going to start to cry. <laughs> I remember. Well, we that. actually, we heard about her in our foster parenting classes. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a story of know what you can handle. Um, and they equate, I mean, it's a long story, but there's telling her story by talking about HIV AIDS, right? My child is not HIV positive, does not have AIDS. Um, it's just, why wouldn't you tell the story of the queer kid? Why talking about AIDS, right? And it was a know what you can handle. And all I could think about is how this little 11 year old queer kid, the odds of this kid being adopted were slim to none. First of all, you hit 11, good luck, you know, and I did. So then I went home and I looked it up. I looked her up on the um, Adopt Kansas Kids website and I showed my partner, Becca, and we were all in at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And have remained all in, even though it has gotten beyond intense at that time. Yes. Beyond intense at times. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Um, man, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're okay. It's a, it's, you've watched it too. You've been a part of my life the whole time. So, you know, what this journey has been like for her too. I mean, uh, such a scared person coming into this home with complete strangers. I just keep thinking about that. Like how many strangers that kid had to live with <laughs> that ended up not working out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because there had been some disrupted adoption placements, and you know, and for the kid to even be able to trust anyone still is pretty astounding to me. And yeah, as you know, she's actually doing pretty well. She's yeah. doing really well. I mean, especially given the circumstances. Right. You know, I mean, she's but... adult now. She's twenty, which is insane. But yeah, you know, I mean, I've, she's doing okay. Yeah, she's doing okay. Like, and she I mean, is. 
I want to make sure we just because our audience is predominantly cisgender white people over 50. We um, <laughs> want to make sure we, that they understand that when you say she, that she was assigned male at birth. That is true. Yes. Right. So this yes. is a child that was assigned male at birth and would, you know, cross dress and then people in foster care couldn't handle Well, that. and she's a person of color. Right. Which, oh, right. I forgot. Yes. A person yeah, she has had some, she has some real fears of people of color because they have not always been very accepting of her. So right. my kiddo just has a real journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, but again, like I said, she's doing okay. And yeah. that's, I can't ask for more I mean, like that. I said, she's doing okay. Uh, and you guys, I mean, that's what I just want to, I wanted to highlight that because A, I want people to understand that there's things like that, that the queer community, it's like extra, right? right. <laughs> it's like extra. And that's what people don't understand. Um, it adds a whole nother level. Yeah. You know, and my kid literally was just trying to live their life, you know? Yeah. All right. And um, not even really thinking about queer or not queer. They were just being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I love watching her live her authentic life. I love her knowing that she can come to us with anything you know, mm-hmm. and is always safe, um, no matter what the need is. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even though she's 20, sometimes my kid still just needs a big fat hug, <laughs> you know, and yeah, to be assured that we're not going anywhere, you know. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, I mean, anybody who's a grown adult that has any sense at all, <laughs> would understand that somebody who had been in 48 foster homes in nine years might have some trust issues. There may be some there just might big, be just a little bit of trust. Just a tiny little bit. Yeah. Um, and remember, sometimes these were also homes where my child thought she was going to live forever. And then overnight, somehow they lost their license and my kid never sees these people again. You know what I mean? This is it's been so much loss, so much loss. And I'm just very, very proud of her. And, you know, the fact that she holds a job and (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm very, I'm proud to be her parent for sure. Well, and I'm proud of you. I mean, cause that the thing is Mm -hmm. you and Becca have been there you know, like it's just been consistent and you keep showing up and you keep showing up and not like you haven't been tested. So all the testing has happened. And that's what (laughs) Becca and I said, all we can ever do is just show up. Um, No matter how, no matter how hard it gets and it has gotten hard. Um, But in the end result, I think my child knows we're not going anywhere. Right. Um, I think so too. I think she's got I think she knows we genuinely love her um we're family like I don't care that she wasn't adopted till she was 12 she's my kid yeah and that's that yeah when she's I think I think she was real fearful of turning an adult um because I really think she thought we were just going to be done at 18 I think she had 
committed to that in her own head that she still show up after 18 has been you can still there everybody yeah you completely cut out you froze um, oh no that's okay you froze well i was just saying about her being 18 and thinking she was gonna well because i mean when you're in foster care for that long for those of you who aren't aware of foster care when you turn 18 you age out of foster care so in our country when a child is in foster care when they turn 18 they just basically get kicked out and left to the world like there's no there's no there may be a social worker that checks in once in a while, but there's no guarantee of that. Yeah, and we are in a country where our country has established youth all the way up to 26. People who are have biological children can keep their children on their insurance until they're 26 years old. So they think of their children as children <laughs> until they're 26, but foster care kids get like cut off, right? Cut off from the state funding, cut off from they don't want to keep them. paying for them right when they're 18 years old mm -hmm. we cut them off right and so a lot of the biggest issues for kids in foster care is that gap between when they're 18 until they're like grown because they're not really grown when you're 18 especially these days when i was 18 i had a job i had an apartment i had you know like i had it was a different world it was i had to have a job and things you know but it is different. 18 is so not an adult. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I could get that that mindset for her was like, well, this is what foster care looks like. You know, even though she was adopted, technically, I could get that the mindset is 18 and it's out and I'm out. Well, that's all she knew was foster right. care. Right. I right. mean, so why would she think any different? Right. So my guess is, and I can see this over the last couple of years, just because I know this child, like these past two years have been so pivotal in her really understanding what family is. Like you don't, yes. like you don't just graduate out of your family. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It, absolutely. And I think that's exactly what she was expecting. She was just, because she could be pushed. Definitely there was pushback uh, sure. to our loving her and things and, I think part of that was just because she knew it was going to go away, you know, yeah. in her own head. And she told us that, you know, I've needed you more since I've turned 18 and you've been there every single time. You know, she, she sees it. Yeah. She sees it. And she, if she, if that kid thinks we don't love her <laughs> at this point, we got problems. <laughs> yeah. I think she's clear. No, she knows we love we can always, I think as humans, we second guess those things all the time based on our past. But I think the bare bones of it is that kid knows that she's loved and has a family. She, she knows she's loved. That's Maybe. because of you and Becca. And that's what I really want to acknowledge you for and appreciate you for it. And, you know, have our audience know that there's cool people like you in the world who make that kind of difference because there's not a lot of you. You know, there's not a lot of people who are going to adopt a kid out of foster care at the age of 11. Like that's just, it takes a huge human to do that it's been it, it's been difficult and i do want to add the piece that i don't think i i don't know that i could have done it without becca she's definitely a huge blessing and a huge piece of the whole puzzle right. um for sure yeah she's an amazing parent to our child too and um a good partner to me which made it 
a great partner. She's not a great mother and a terrible partner. <laughs> She's just great. I love her. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. the thing we have in common is we and our wives get along great. So we have these. They do. That's nice. Really, and they're similar. Fun. They're they have some similar tendencies. <laughs> they do have some similar tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> they're wicked smart, and they can't sit still. <laughs> so smart, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> No, yeah i always like your life i used to have a story that i was not smart uh, not a smart human oh me too and there's some residual stuff around that sometimes still but one of the things that i've come to over the last many years or whatever is that i wouldn't have attracted jessica if i wasn't a smart person like i had because she's wicked smart like she's the kind of smart that's scary smart gifted smart <laughs> like Becca, right as, well, like, as is my God, wife kind of smart <laughs> you, know? you and i had the same narrative right 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 i'm not i'm you know my sister was the national honor society's same. person and the straight a's and that was never me and so i just assumed i wasn't smart but then i I had the same conversation with myself. My wife is not going to be with someone who's Dumb. at least not mildly intelligent, you <laughs> right. know, because yeah. she has to be able to hold a conversation with this person. Right. Um, but also going back to a community college taught me that I wasn't stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was helpful. And I went back to PSU, which is, you know, it's not a community college, but it's a small college in Kansas. Right. And I pulled a straight A's one semester. And for me, that was like, oh. I'm not, Who knew? Um, I'm just, you know, yeah. not into it. <laughs> and I think that was it for me too. I didn't want to study. I didn't want, right. I so not my natural thing. thing. It's not my favorite. Right. Not a thing I like. But yeah, I mean, yes. I think my child had that narrative as well. I think she's always thought she was just not smart enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she has been that forgotten student um because she wasn't the worst of the worst in the classroom getting all the attention so she just kind of faded into the background you know and um but I think she's learning she's actually really freaking smart oh my gosh she's so smart so smart and she has amazing problem solving skills um, absolutely yeah kids are resilient in that way and I, yeah. and that's something that foster kids are just it's part of the I mean I, I think there's studies on that foster kids are resilient at some point I've read some kind of study on that but um our foster kids are resilient because they learn early right yeah Um, they have to be or they aren't if that makes sense yeah 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 Yeah. one of the things I love about your family is you're also quippy and clever (laughs) and and your child keeps up with that and so she does keep up with we were a little concerned (laughs) because Becca and I can be so sassy but she came right in (laughs) started in with the jokes she'll be like hey mom take a picture of me in the uh trunk of the car while I pretend like I'm dead (laughs) okay he fit right in <laughs> way to bring the morbidity thanks that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fun and um you know i mean that level of uh brightness also just kept getting brighter the more you know the more she's in a stable place that where she's safe yes so yeah yeah i'm proud of her yeah me too anything else uh, you'd like to share with our audience or Anything you want to say to anybody? 
you got a whole I mean, we're on you... Spotify, man. We're everywhere. So oh, let's do this. Well, yeah. I will say if anyone um has any questions for me, you can find me on Facebook at Elliot Jean. It's E-L-I-O-T-J-E-A-N. Uh I'm always considered myself pretty much an open book. Um, so if you have any questions or goodness, if you have a kid that's going through something reach out to me. I'm happy to um, engage and answer any questions. Yeah, thank you. That's very sweet. And that's where we, that's what, you know, we're always here for the kids. Yeah. And while we appreciate that younger generation opening it up, we also want to acknowledge that without you and me and all the rest of us being really out <laughs> when we were young, <laughs> none of this would happen. So no. I appreciate you for being who you are and I love the big queer that you are, and I love that you're known as that in our town, and it makes me happy <laughs> to be I love that about one of your you big too. gay friends. <laughs> you're one of my biggest gay friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. We have a couple my... more, but we are really gay friends. <laughs> we have some gay friends for sure, but we are gay friends. <laughs> gay, so gay. <laughs> gay, gay, gay. <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you, my That's friend, right. for coming on to the Gender Reveal Party. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, again, it's non-binary day at the Gender Reveal Party. So yay. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. It's a good day. <laughs> All right. Good day. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Gender Reveal Party podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did... Would you take a second and go do all the things like subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. Apparently, if you do that, the podcast platforms are more likely to share it. And if you think these stories are important, please take three minutes to just go do that. I'd really appreciate it. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm at The Gender Reveal Party. And on Twitter, I'm at Prior J. It's a real joy and privilege to bring you this podcast. Come back soon. Love you, bye.